Welcome to Defining Moments, the Willow Creek Association's monthly resource for church leaders. I am Gary Schwemlein, president of the Willow Creek Association. During this edition, we'll be watching clips from one of the summit's favorite speakers, Patrick Lencioni, and Heather Larson will be discussing Patrick's model for job satisfaction with Bill Hybels. Heather has been on the staff of Willow Creek for more than 15 years and has recently stepped into a new role as the executive pastor. As executive pastor, she provides church-wide leadership with a focus on compassion and justice, kids and students, family initiatives, and Willow's Spanish service. As we begin, think about the people who make up the team you lead, and let's listen to Heather and Bill discuss this message. Thanks, Gary. First of all, Bill, I'm excited to jump into this content with you today and for us to be able to learn from Patrick's talk. So why don't we take a look at the first segment? I think there's three things that cause job misery. So going back to that first management consulting job I had, so that first job as a management consultant, I was like, why do I not like this job? And I, I, I realized I'd be walking down the hall and one of the partners would walk by and I'd say, hey, how's it? Oh, he didn't see me. Oh, he's busy, you know. And then I'd, well, the other day I'd be walking, hey, there's another one. Hey, ooh, he didn't see me either. And I thought, and I'd talk to my colleagues. I said, do they do that? To, they do that to you too? Yeah. Did they lose our resumes? Did they forget who we were? And one of the things we realized is we had the first sign of a miserable job, which was anonymity. Anonymity. We felt anonymous. The people that we worked for weren't interested in us as people didn't know us and didn't have an interest in getting to know us. Okay, I, I remember how much this was driven home for me when I went to my first client event with a, with a senior manager. And while we were going there, I said, okay, I can't wait to get there. I'm going to talk to the client. We're going to go over this and this. He goes, no, 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 no. You're not going to say anything. You just carry my bag. You're like my monkey. <laughs> the best and the brightest monkey, no doubt. But <laughs> nonetheless, a monkey. And I remember these people, we were just a commodity. Patrick says that if someone feels anonymous, it really affects how satisfied that they are in their jobs. Do you think it really matters if someone is satisfied when they come into work every day? Uh, we know from all the research from HR firms that job satisfaction and job enthusiasm mm -hmm. affects performance in a remarkable way. Mm -hmm. I did a study one time many years ago about the effect of inspiration. The performance differential between an inspired employee and a non-inspired employee can be as much as 40%. Wow. It's almost like if you have a motivated workforce, you get 40% more done, if you think about it that way, mm. or you add 40% more staff horsepower without changing your compensation structure. Mm. So absolutely, being satisfied, uh, being noticed, being fired up makes a huge difference in, in the spirit of an employee and in the performance of an employee. Mm. Uh, I was reading a, a survey recently that said, if you give critical feedback to an employee versus you give no feedback to an employee, the one you give critical feedback to is likely to stay far longer and stay at higher engagement levels than the one you give no yeah. feedback to. Uh, above and beyond everything, people have to be noticed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they have to be noticed. Patrick says people who see themselves as invisible, generic, or anonymous cannot love their jobs no matter what they are doing. Do you think that's true? Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I think you were in the room with us when we first started getting into the employee engagement uh, survey era of Willow, and we had people write out 
some written comments if they wanted to anonymously in our organization. And one employee wrote in, I feel like a grunt. Mm-hmm. And I will never forget. I can tell you where I was, what I was wearing when I read that. And it was like a knife in my heart. I thought, are you kidding me? In a church, someone feels like a grunt. Mm-hmm. In an organization that I'm leading, someone feels like a grunt. And you know how personally I took that. And I gathered the executive team around and I said, we are going to fix this if it's the last thing we do. It's not right Mm. that anybody in an organization is treated that way so that they would feel that way. Most of the time, people who say those things aren't making it up. They join the organization fired up. Mm. You have to treat people a certain way to make them feel like a grunt. So we changed probably a dozen different variables in our leadership structures to eradicate that kind of feeling from our culture. And in recent employee engagement surveys that we've had, most of that has disappeared. I can't remember in the last two or three years when we've heard that again. It's not a bad thing to just, in circles uh, with staff, to just say, do you feel noticed? Do you feel affirmed? A question that I ask a lot of our staff is, do you believe that your manager cares about you? And if someone says, oh, I don't think my manager cares about me, I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure my direct reports feel that I care about them because I tell them and I email them and I thank them and I bless them and any favor I can do for them, any way I can train them. And so some of us who operate that way feel that by osmosis, every manager Right. handles their right. people that way. We learned the hard way around here. That's just not true. Yeah. So we do a lot of managers mm-hmm. training mm-hmm. and we gather, you know, 40 or 50 managers in a room and we go, okay, here's the basics. If your people don't know that you care about them, that's a problem. If you don't notice, if you don't affirm, if you don't correct, if you don't engage, it's just not a Christian way to manage people. Yeah. You know, when you think about getting really practical on this and some of the best managers that you know, what do they do to help their employees feel known and appreciated? Again, back to the clip, uh, Patrick says it really helps if you know their name. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, it, and it really has to start. <laughs> yes. And it, it, it really helps if you know their story. Yeah. Uh, when we have new staff join our team at the church, I have a lunch around the table in my office whenever we have six or eight or ten new staff, then we coalesce them, lunch in my office, and I go right around the circle. What's your name? Where did you come from? How did God work to lead you here? And I listen, and I try to go, okay, now Mm -hmm. every time I see that person, as long as they're in Willow's service, I want to remember something about their story. Mm -hmm. So if I pass them in the hall, I can say, you know, how's that toddler doing? You know, how's your kid who just went off to college doing? Mm -hmm. How's that family room remodel job that Mm. you're doing. How's that going? Those are the basics. If you want to take it more to an advanced level, I want the people that I managed, I want to be in a conversation with them continually about what can I do to make you better? You all want to get better. So can I send you someplace? Can I get you a resource? Tell me any way that I can help you get better. Yeah, and you do that on a regular basis (laughs) with our whole executive team. You do that regularly. That was incredibly helpful. Let's go ahead and move on to our next clip. 
The second one is the one that prompted me to write this book. I say, I hadn't even thought about this, but I was with a colleague in Oklahoma City at the airport. We were passing through, and we went to this barbecue place, and I gave this talk once, and somebody said, that's Corky's Barbecue. I don't know if it's still there, if you're from Oklahoma City, but anyway, it was called Corky's Barbecue. And we went up to get a... Somebody's clapping for Corky's. Hey, funny. Um, so um, we went up to get a sandwich, and the lady at the counter was like... Can I help you? And we're like, yeah, number four combo. Number four, stand over there. You know, and we were like, oh my gosh. But we're like, that's fast food place at the airport. And they're like, number four. And they give us our sandwich. And we're sitting there, me and my colleague, and we're watching these people work. And and I've always been interested in this since I was a kid. I thought, oh my gosh, how awful this job is for these people. And then lo and behold, a few minutes later, this young guy comes to work and he's got his little hat on and he's all chipper. And he's like, hey, everybody. And I'm like, hi. And he's like... Goes up to the, the desk, he's like, can I help you, sir? And number four, and they're like, number four. And I thought, oh, gosh, they're going to beat the life out of this kid, right? <laughs> and, so, and so I remember I, I turned to my colleague and I said, now that kid has got a job at a fast food place in an airport, right? He's never going to get rich or, or famous doing this, not that that's what we should want in life. But, but doesn't he, and I remember saying, doesn't he deserve to like being here more than we do? Because, I mean, it's already tough, Shouldn't he at least enjoy the experience? And I thought, what would he need to enjoy his job? And I thought, you know why people think this is a terrible job? Not because of his pay and everything else. It's because he has a second sign of a miserable job. He feels irrelevant. Irrelevance is a job killer. If you don't think that your job matters to someone, anyone, in some way, large or small, if you don't think your job makes someone else's life better in some way, You cannot love your work. God gave us an innate desire to love others. And if we have a job that has no, nothing of that in it, we can't love our work.